0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Today, I'm going to just go over the genealogies and numbers really fast, then to Leviticus. Please laugh. That was my dad's joke, and he'd be so mad. <laughs> he told me just to throw that in, and I really liked it. So. I get my humor from him, but obviously, Dad, I hope I get a better laugh than that later. But anyway, okay, so this past year, the Old Testament has been just the love of my life. I read the Bible, like, you know, that Bible through the year book thing. I read that once, and I was just like, well, that was fun. That was interesting. Love that revelation. Uh, But I have been going through the Old Testament deeply and I love it so much. Squish in, so they can squish it, guys. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be, no matter what, I'm the youth pastor who just is like, make room, let's go. Okay. So I would be crazy to go over genealogies for an hour, but we are hanging out in the Old Testament today. But if I went over genealogies, I think all of you would be able to count the lights and tell me how many there were because you'd be so bored. But that's okay. I truly never thought this would be my life. One, because in college, my speech teacher was like, you aren't that good. <laughs> and I was like, girl, I know, because I'm going to throw up on your shoes. But, <laughs> and one time, this do you want to know a really funny secret? One time, I was like, you know what? I don't want to give this speech right now. Let me just rip my contact. That woman made me give a speech with one contact in, my spatial just, it was off. I was like, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. But I never thought this would be my life when I dropped out of college. Ooh, wow. But I started serving at a church because it's what I knew, right? My parents raised me in church. My parents met at this church, um, fun fact. And it was the one thing I knew. I was like, let's, Emily and I were like, let's go serve at a church. And then I realized I wanted to work with students and hopefully impact their lives for Jesus. But that was my only goal was to just help students. It wasn't to feed me. It wasn't that I would know Jesus better. It was just that I would help them in some way. Jesus became second. And my calling, my purpose, what I felt like Jesus was calling me to, became first. And that feels a little off, doesn't it? But when I was thinking and talking and praying about what am I going to preach about, on this Sunday, that I hoped just somehow we all skipped over. When, when Pastor Josh and Pastor Tori told me, I was like, what? They like whispered to each other first to make sure I, wasn't good, I was in a good emotional state. And I was just like, hmm, okay, well, that, that day doesn't seem like it's going to happen March 31st. Okay. Um, but I heard this sentence, and it just wrecked me. Fall in love with Jesus, not what you can do for him. And how many times have I defined myself by just what I do for God and not what he calls me, not what he tells me I am, not who he made me to be? And how many times have I doubted who I am in this purpose he gave me, even though he tells me who I am, just because I'm not really listening to him? It's simple advice, but we just get it all confuzzled. And the amount of times I've doubted myself, is as long as the is in numbers, so that's fine. So in Genesis, there's a guy named Joseph. He's a turd of a younger brother. And I, he has those dreams where he gets bowed to by his brothers, and I really just feel like I get it because I am the turd of the younger sibling. I am the youngest, and it's the greatest privilege of my life to bug. The absolute everything out of my siblings. And I'm going to tell you my best story that came to me, okay? It's my eldest sister's birthday. Not Emily's. We have another one. And it's her birthday. No, it's my birthday. This is my birthday. I'm sorry. It's about me. Um, and she told me in my card that she was going to take me to Swing Around Funtown. I was like eight years old. The pinnacle of everything I've ever wanted in my life. Little did I know I did not succeed at mini golf. And I am terrified of go-karts, just for personal reasons. And people just hit you. And you're just like, why am I stuck now? Um, but it, a year went by. Well, a year. I'm in April. She's in January. It's her birthday in January. I still had not gone to Swing Around Town, And I was pretty mad about it. So I went downstairs to our family computer. It was a Dell. It had a dial-up, I'm sure. And I made a card. <laughs> it was beautiful. I remember. It. I wish I had it. She should have it, honestly. It had like flowers around the border. It was all typed up, I was so proud of it. And it said, thank you so much for being the best sister ever. Thank you for taking me to Swing Around Funtown. I've never had so much fun in my life. We rode the go-karts, we did the mini-golf, we played in the arcade, I love you so much. It didn't get the greatest reception. (laughs) And then I gave it to her three years in a row. Three years in a row. I cannot believe one that my parents allowed that. <laughs> but that's why I don't think you knew that I was slipping that card into envelopes. But I, she was sick of it. But the first year she was like, ha, ha, ha. The second year she was like, okay. The third year she was like, I am done with this. So we made like a plea bargain where she would buy me a thing I really wanted, which was a pink CD player. And I still own that pink CD player and her child plays with it and I forgave her. You know what? Have I gone to Spring Funtown with my sister Danielle? No. But did I get a, a, just an amazing story out of it and a pink CD player? Yes, I did. And I told this story to Jackson and Lila yesterday, and Jackson goes, wait, you've always been this way? <laughs> yes, I have. I've always been a little bit too sassy. But Joseph's brothers did sell him as a slave to Egypt, and he did not get a pink CD player out of it, which I'm sure... He didn't really know about because it was before they were invented. But he quickly gains favor with the Egyptian officials and became a high-ranking official himself. If I'm Joseph and I'm having dreams where I'm being bowed to, and then all of a sudden I'm in Egypt, I'm in a foreign land, I don't know anything that's happening, I'd be panicking. I'd feel so alone. But I truly believe Joseph walked through this entire situation with the Lord. It says the Lord was with him. Was the Lord with him just because God wanted the line that the Messiah was going to come out of to continue? No. Was the Lord with him because Joseph's purpose was more important than Joseph himself? No, because that's not who God is. That's not God's character. In Numbers 23:19, in the message, this is weird. I never have scriptures, like on the board type thing. That's interesting. <coughs> God is not man. One given to lies and not a son of man changing his mind. Does he not speak and do what he says? Does he promise and not come through? Not only does it say that God was with him, but it says it four times in one chapter. Genesis 39.2 says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Genesis 39.3 says, when his master saw that the lord was with him and that the lord gave him success and success in everything he did genesis 39:21 the lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden genesis 39:23 the warden paid no attention to anything under joseph's care because the lord was with joseph and gave him success in everything he did because when you know god and you know his character, and you walk in that confidence, everyone's going to see it. There's going to be something different about you, which is all that I want for the youth is for them to walk differently, to be different, to have confidence that's bigger than them, to know that they are chosen, and they are marked, and they are seen by God. And I want that for all of you, too. You don't have to be 18 and under to have any of that. You can walk in the confidence of God through everyday life. And everyone's going to know something's different. Everyone's going to see it. And he always gave credit and sought God first. He always gave God credit. In Genesis 41, 15 through 16, it says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. God is your calling, not what you do for him. Loving him, worshiping him, knowing him, just everything about him is your calling. It's not what you can do. It's who he made you to be and who we are to him. We're supposed to worship him and love him and know him. And I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world that we don't have to prove to him how much he can love us. You know, like it's like, hey, look at me, look at me. No, he loves you. He made you. He created you. And that's what's amazing because you should fall in love with Jesus, not what you do for him. Joseph saying, I can't do that, but God can is such a beautiful example of being like, don't worry about me. Look at what my God can do. Look at how worthy he is. Look at how good he is. And look what he made me to do. I can't be the youth pastor, that's it, no, okay. am <laughs> and pour out my heart to the students of this church without putting God first. It doesn't work. It just, it's not what we're meant to do. We're not meant to be the center of attention. We're not meant to be on this platform without God next to us because nothing I do will ever make me worthy, but everything God has done for me has made me pretty okay to be up here sometimes. <laughs> You can't do what you, all of you, are called to do unless he is your purpose. Put him before everything. Make him your purpose. And I'm not just talking about ministry, like purpose. I feel like that's a word that we're like, oh, my purpose, I guess, was to be a youth pastor, student pastor. But I think that there's so much beauty in going to a job that isn't at church and still loving God and putting him first and choosing him and showing people his love. It's easy for me to show God's love to Anna. I'm in this building. I gotta. But for you to go somewhere where you don't have Anna's that you go to lunch with every day, but you have people that don't know God. I was actually watching, you know, you get stuck on Instagram reels, whatever, as Buckley loves Instagram reels. (laughs) But it was people like going on the street to people and they're like, have you ever heard the gospel? Have you ever heard some? Has anyone ever told you about Jesus? The, and I know it's an edited video, whatever, but the amount of people that said no. And one of them was like, no, and I would like to hear about it. It's just little tiny things that we can do to show people love, to show people warmth. And honestly, all of these kids showed people warmth, and I feel like it changed things in that camp. You know, like kids were getting changed. Kids were seeing the true love of God through just tiny little, just being like, Hey, do you want to make a bracelet? You could try that at work. I don't think it's going to work, but (laughs) we love a bracelet. But just those little things that you do to show people God's love is so much bigger than you think it is because without him, what's this all for? He is your purpose. And Joseph had a lot of things that happened to him that were unfair, but he still sought the Lord and he still chose the Lord. Your life may sway and shift. You might feel like you're on a roller coaster or a pirate ship, I don't know. But, and it, feel, it might feel like it's falling apart. I mean, I could just count on all of my fingers and toes how many times I'm like, I'm running away. I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's not even about ministry or the youth group. Am I going to share this story? Okay. As so many of you know, uh, we lost our brother. We lost a family member in 2013. And it's like, how do you deal with that without putting God first? Let me tell you, you deal with it poorly. You don't deal with it super well. And it's so... Hard, but putting God first, and I get to see where God moved in those moments that were so deeply cut. But God moves, and he loves us, and he puts so, he pours so much into us of his love and his mercy and his grace that I can look back. Do I like that my brother's gone? No. But do I look back and see every moment that God put something in there for me? Absolutely. Absolutely those silver linings that are so much bigger than we could ever, ever know and see them. And you're just like, oh, there was God. Oh, there was God. He is so good. He is so loving because he cares. His kindness draws us in and his grace is so much bigger than we can understand. And his peace, man, I've never felt this peace like I have today. I feel great right now. And it's just so cool, you guys, to just when you know him and you can be like, I know this about him. I know this about him. I know his character. I know who he is. And I know that he's supporting me. It's amazing. And I love it. His consistent love is always there. And if we consistently love him and we are grounded in that, nothing's going to knock us over. And nothing is going to sway you out of the belief that God has great plans for you, and His love is at the core of these plans. Now let's just hop over to Lamentations really fast. 3:25 um, through 27 says, "The Lord is good to those who hope in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly. For the salvation of the Lord, it is good for a man to bear the yoke while he's young. The yoke." This is the author saying that challenges are beneficial and character and knowledge of God are formed in those times. When you go through something hard, don't run away. Like I always want to, I tell Pastor Tori 300 times a week that I'm running away. And I don't know why, cause I'm not a good runner, but, <sighs> uh, don't push it away, but look at it and be like, where am I growing in this? I felt like I grew like Jack and the Beanstalk during camp. Like I had to step up and be a leader. And I love that. I now look back on that and be like, I grew. And God helped me through those moments. And I know it says it's good for a man to bear a yoke while he's young. And you're like, don't you dare just be the youth pastor who talks only to the youth. But of course I'm going to talk about them. But the joys are just older youth, guys. So they, we can all grow we all can grow throughout our entire lives, and it's amazing what God can do. It doesn't matter if you're 12 or 42. That's not old. That's not old. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of a number. I literally blanked out. If you're 93, there we go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was a my bad moment, but I blanked out on every number I've ever learned from first grade to now a thousand. Okay. There we go. I'm back. Uh, We all go through so much in a lifetime. And it's such, as I said, it's a part of my life goal to see where God is moving in those dark times, in those times that are hard, in the challenges that knowledge is formed during those times. And I don't, I, I'm a silver lining type of lady. I'm like, if you're like, I got in a car accident. Well, your shoes aren't messed up. Like, I don't know. That's, I've never said that in my whole life, but I always try to find the silver lining of a situation unless it's happening to me. And then I'll be like, well, that's terrible. But God just slips those in and it's so amazing. And it's so cool to see. And he carries us through the hard stuff, not because he really needs us to fulfill a purpose. He's not just out here, like you're his workhorse or something. He wants you to know him. He wants you to love him. He wants you to succeed because he doesn't see you as just like a little minion running around the earth. I'm going crazy, but he doesn't see you as that. He sees you as his creation. He sees you as something he made, and that's amazing. Lamentations 219 says, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. He gave us an entire book called Lamentations because he can handle our feelings and our frustrations and our emotions, and he values them, and he invites us in to engage with him in those, to go through the hard stuff, to tell us he's we're mad at him, to go through all of the emotions. I mean, he made us. He gave us emotions. We don't have to hide them away. And he's a God of emotions. He has feelings. He feels things with us. He feels grief, and he feels love and happiness and joy and everything between sadness. And it's amazing that we get to have a God that will mourn with us, that will grieve with us, that will love and be joyous in situations with us. And he created you knowing everything about you, your weaknesses, your strengths, maybe that you can lick your elbow, whatever it is though, God knows it. And he goes He wants us to go through things and rely on him because who's going to know how to deal with the situation better than the person who created you, the God who created you, who's going to comfort you more than the God who created the feeling of comfort, that the God who's going to give you more joy in a situation of heartbreak than the God who created joy, the God who loves you, the God who wants to be there for you. He wants you to pour it all out to him. And I think that's amazing, and it's more fulfilling, and it's just better when you're like, God, I give this to you. I want you to have this because I can't hold this burden anymore. And at the end of Joseph's story, his dad dies, and his brothers expect him to just be this humongous liar and be faking his forgiveness of them, which I feel like is kind of sassy. But Joseph has already forgiven them. His heart is free of bitterness, so he reminds them not of what they did or not that he's already forgiven them. He's not like, hey, you silly gooses, I've already forgiven you. Or, hey, you did this, but that's okay. He reminds them of who God is and how God went before all of them, and he made a way. So if your situation feels like, I don't know what I'm doing, put God in it. See where God fits into the picture, because let me tell you, he fits in perfectly. And he can help you, and he can help your struggles, and help you find that joy in those situations. Genesis 50:20 says, don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for so many people. Joseph did not lose sight of who God is or how God moved in his life. Because he knew God's character. He knew him. Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.